From Cap Radio in Sacramento, this is Insight. I'm Beth Ruiak. Where is that right place between saving lives from the novel coronavirus and saving the economy of a community or a state or a country? 68,702 Americans have died of COVID-19 now. 2,215 in California, 262 have lost their lives in Nevada. The country's single deadliest day happened late last week on April 30th, with 2,909 people losing their lives in a single 24-hour period. Stay-at-home orders now are being loosened in spots across the country. Yuba and Sutter counties in this region are going ahead with some of their own reopening. Modoc County is experiencing some reopening. And in that group of five western states that had agreed to work together in this pandemic, only Oregon and California are still under stay-at-home orders, still closed. 33 other states are reopening on this May 4th. South Dakota is the one state in the country that never had a stay-at-home order. So let's go back in time. California's governor said last Friday, this week, this week would likely be a week of change. I just want folks to know we're getting very close to making really meaningful uh, augmentations to that stay-at-home order. Um, We are, you know, we said weeks, uh, not months, uh, about Uh, four or five days ago. Uh, I want to say many days, not weeks, as long as we continue to be prudent and thoughtful uh, in certain modifications, uh, we'll be making, uh, I think, uh, some announcements. But look, PPE is foundational on that, and we still have a lot of work to do uh, to procure even more PPE. But that's a good sign. So the governor has a live press briefing today. It will be his first since last Friday. And our Cap Radio live coverage of that briefing starts at noon. Of the other states in that western group of five, Washington state is going to begin reopening tomorrow. Colorado did last week. Nevada's governor announced a phase one reopening on Friday with some cautions. Here's a bit of the speech given last Friday by Governor Steve Sisolak. The fog feels like it's clearing away, and many of you are probably asking why you're sitting at home. Why are schools closed? Why can't you grab a beer with your buddies or go to a game with your family? I get it. I really do. Because we've done such a good job, the threat of COVID-19 feels distant and abstract. To many, it might not feel as scary anymore. But I have the unfortunate responsibility to remind all of us that the threat remains real. And so, as I said, it will be a phase one reopening, and you can find more about the Nevada specifics at capradio.org. California Assembly members are returning to Sacramento today. U.S. Senators are returning to Capitol Hill, but not the House yet. Meanwhile, as you saw, the scenes dotting California and across the country, demonstrations against stay-at-home orders are continuing. But the White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator, Dr. Deborah Burks, called the scenes devastatingly worrisome. She is concerned about the potential for transmission between protesters and then on to people that the protesters might see when they go home. President Trump, though, continued to speak supportively of the protesters yesterday. So all of this is in the backdrop of the conversation today that I'm about to begin with Ken Rudin. He is the political junkie. He is the former longtime NPR political editor, and he joins us from his home in Maryland. Hi, Ken. Good morning, Beth. 
So there's so much to talk about, and of course there's been no time in the world quite like this, but is there a time in our country's history that in some ways does compare to what we're experiencing? Well, let me first say that there is a mix-minus problem, so I want to take the phone away from my ear so I don't hear the echo right now. But is there, is there a time in history? Well, I mean, if you're talking about pandemics, we certainly could talk about the 1918 Spanish flu that caused 675,000 deaths in this country. I mean, we, we, we've gone through pandemics and viruses. We've gone through uh, SARS. We've gone through, the, the world has gone through Ebola. But what makes this different is because this is also political, and I hate to make it political, but it's become political. And the fact is, is that, that, that the, the president in, in previous incarnations of crises, and I'm not talking about necessarily pandemics, but in crises, presidents have shown compassion and empathy. And, and instead, we're seeing a lot of political talk from the White House about blame and who was responsible. And Obama did this and Hillary Clinton did this and Joe Biden did this. And in that sense, I think it's different because it's not a rally around the country. It's really rally around the reelection bid. And that's unfortunate. Well, Ken, I, as we try to troubleshoot the mix minus, I apologize for that. Um, let's move on to talking about Tara Reid, the woman who says 27 years ago while she was working in the U.S. Senate, Joe Biden sexually assaulted her. And right now, this is the biggest story of the presidential campaign. It's creating complications for many, many people, not the least of which being both parties. Oh, I didn't know if you were going to have a, a piece of tape coming up. But, you know, that's you're absolutely right. You know, Beth, when you opened up your show and you talked about, you heard from Nevada Governor Sisolak who talked about the, the conflicts here, and there are conflicts. Do we keep people safe or do we keep, but there are people who need livelihood. There are quite, we have had questions about, there have been instances in the past where women have come forward and not being believed. And there's a sense among many people that the, the women have been too long not listened to when accusations are made against powerful men. And that is absolutely true. We also have the record of a, of a Joe Biden who has, for the most part, never been accused of this kind of, of behavior in his life. So the, the general inclination is to, to believe Tara Reid because... As a woman, we should believe these kind of accusations, but is it? But there are some story, but there are some aspects to her charges that seem a little strange. They don't add up. Joe Biden doesn't have a history of that, whereas maybe others in the political life, political world, do. But then, do we believe Joe Biden because he's a Democrat? I mean, there are a lot of people who believe Bill Clinton over his female accus accusers back in the day because. Bill Clinton was, had an exemplary record towards women. So it's a tough issue, and it's really not cut, it's not cut and dry or black and white. We are going to listen to some sound now, Ken. Yesterday on the Sunday News Show this week, the Republican National Committee Chair, Ronna McDaniel, said Joe Biden was finally challenged on allegations that she said many people in the media were ignoring. So I want you to hear this exchange. You're going to first hear Martha Raddatz and then her talking to Ronna McDaniel. But the president has also been accused of sexual harassment, sexual misconduct, sexual assault by more than a dozen women. And in a radio interview on Thursday, President Trump said, while Tara Reid, the accuser, sounds credible, I would just say to Joe Biden, just go out and fight it, adding, I guess in a way, 
you could say I'm sticking up for him. Is he sticking up for Joe Biden? And how well, far will you go issue. with these attacks? I'm going to take issue with the media ignoring this. It has been appalling the hypocrisy as to how Brett Kavanaugh was treated versus Joe Biden. Brett Kavanaugh, every accuser was put on TV. It was wall-to-wall -wall coverage. They went into his high school yearbook. They said he needed an FBI investigation. Michael Avenatti was on TV accusing him of gang rape from an accuser who'd never even met Brett Kavanaugh. And then you go to Joe Biden. Five weeks of silence, 19 interviews without a single question. He won't let people go into his records in the University of Delaware. They're calling on the DNC to do the investigation. It went from me to me to me to to move on, move on, move on in a nanosecond because he's a Democrat. And the hypocrisy is appalling. And it's not just from the Democrats, it's from the media. And I'll tell you, I think any outlet that conducted those 19 interviews and didn't ask a single question should be disqualified from conducting any part of a presidential debate. Do you want to weigh in there, Ken, before we move on to hearing from the Democratic National Committee chair? Yeah, I do. And you, you know, for, for most part, my inclination is to say that there is not one Trump defender who has the moral, or the moral authority to attack anybody on this issue. But having said that, Ronald McDaniel does make a valid point. She does make a point that for the longest time, the media and the Democrats tiptoed around this issue, if not ignored it completely. But it's not true to say that the media have not been investigating because the New York Times and the Washington Post did in-depth uh, investigations, and they've shown that much of what Tara Reid has said has been contradictory. One day she said this, one year she said this, another year she said this. One day she said, I hate uh, Vladimir Putin. The other day I said, I, I, I love Vladimir Putin. There's a lot of weird things about Tara Reid, but the fact is there is the feeling, I, I've spoken to a lot of journalists about this because I think it's a very important issue, that Democrats, for the most part, are wincing at this story because, given the fact that they preferred, obviously, uh, a Joe Biden to a Donald Trump, but I still think that Republicans don't have the moral authority to be bringing this up, but there is an issue of double standards that I think the media is aware of, and I think that's why there's been more and more investigations as of late. Let's move on to the Democratic National Committee Chair Tom Perez on the same show. He was asked about Biden seemingly being mistaken in thinking that any records of this alleged complaint were at the National Archives. So, again, uh, we're going to go directly here to Tom Perez. Joe Biden has been very clear, Martha, that this did not happen. He was forceful in that, and he's been equally clear that when women come forward with complaints of this nature, they should be taken seriously, their complaints should be investigated, they should be treated with dignity, and he's done exactly that. He called for the Senate uh, to release any documents they have. She indicated that she filed a complaint. Joe Biden wants that complaint released. He is an open book. He understands that it's important for the information to get out. But, he but Mr. President, I want to stop. I want to stop media. you right there. Biden also says he will not release documents from his years in the Senate. Now at the University of Delaware, because they don't contain personnel matters, and kind of brushed aside suggestions that a search be done of just Tara Reid's name in those documents. That the New York Times editorial board called for the DNC to convene an unbiased, apolitical panel to review portions of Biden's papers, saying his word is insufficient to dispel the cloud. Your communications director has called that idea absurd. Why? 
Well, listen, there's been so many investigations of this, of the vice president. The most, the most um, comprehensive investigation of the vice president was when he was vetted by Barack Obama in 2008. I'm very familiar with vice presidential vetting process. They look at everything about you. They looked at the entire history of Joe Biden, his entire career. And I'll tell you, if Barack Obama had any indication that this there was an issue, Barack Obama would not have had him as his vice president. Same opportunity here, Ken, to give me your thoughts about that. Yeah, and it's a legitimate thing. First of all, the beginning of what Tom Perez said sounds like a lot of the defenders of Brett Kavanaugh. It does, but but Perez makes a very important point, and that is that the, the you know given the, the 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 poor vetting we've seen for previous vice presidents like like Tom Eagleton, for example, or Spiro Agnew back in the day. But the fact is that the Obama vetting process, not only in two thousand eight and two thousand twelve, that they went through everything. Where was Tara Reid in 2008 when he was running for vice president or elected vice president in 2008 and 2012? Why is she coming out just now as uh, he is, he, uh, Joe Biden, is the, the likely Democratic candidate against President Trump? There are so many questions, there, but there is no clear answers. Obviously, the only ones who know the truth are Tara Reid and Joe Biden. I don't think we learned that much with his uh, with his appearance on Morning Joe, my gut tells me I believe Joe Biden only because because I think we would have known this before. And this is not Joe Biden uh, uh, behavior other than the ugly smelling of the hair and squeezing of the shoulders. So it is suspicious. But at the same time, it cannot be ruled down. It just can't. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with the political junkie, Ken Rudin. He joins us the first Monday of every month. And here we are, just six months from the November general election. We don't know how this election is going to happen. We now have Justin Amash jumping into the race, which may upset the math. And Joe Biden is still searching for a running mate. There's a lot happening in this campaign at this moment that probably is pushed back a few pages in the headlines. Well, one thing that's not going to be pushed back is going to be the uh, search for a vice president and the vetting for a vice president. There's no indication that Joe Biden will name anybody uh, soon. uh, But obviously, if he names a VP choice now, then what is he going to talk about before the August convention? So the the vetting is going on now. We know it's going to be a woman. He's not going to backtrack on that. And he has to weigh whether, you know, there are pros and cons. I mean, uh, uh, Stacey Abrams, she is campaigning so hard for it. Kamala Harris, Jill Biden says she's not a fan of Kamala Harris, the way she attacked Joe Biden during the debates. There are a lot of questions, a lot of interviewing going on. And even though there won't be in-person uh, interviews, like, for example, we saw with, with McCain and Palin, uh, which happened only at the last minute, the fact is there will be serious vetting. And it's more important than ever because Joe Biden will turn 78 years old in November and actuarial cha- uh, tables alone will indicate that whomever he picks could very well be the leader of the Democratic Party in four years, if not the president. Hmm. 
It's really something to think that he's basically running his campaign from his basement right now in this isolation that so many so many of us are and in. And not only is he running it from his basement, the fact is he's leading or at least tied in many of the polls and he's not even campaigning. So as many people have said, Chris Christie has said this as well, this will be a referendum on the four years of Donald Trump. Did he handle the coronavirus uh, crisis well or not? Uh, these are the questions that voters will have to answer. Yesterday was six months to the election. Before we go, Ken, there is a new Trump campaign ad. It's about a minute long. Both New York's governor and California's governor make brief appearances in it with um, clips from press conferences. Have you seen it? I have seen it. You know, it's very interesting. I mean, uh, the, the gov- first of all, Gavin Newsom and, and Andrew Cuomo were among the governors, and there are other Republicans as well, like Larry Hogan and Mike DeWine of Ohio. But governors have been doing the job. They really seem to have the confidence. I know Gavin Newsom has taken big heat, big hits for opening and closing the beaches again. But he's the, the, the governors are working for our safety, for our benefit, and for the lack of empathy and compassion and leadership from the White House. These governors are doing an amazing job, Democrats or Republicans. So it's kind of fun to think of Trump using these names, these governors, in his commercials. Well, somebody will say something about the fact that Governor Newsom is heard saying, promise made, promise kept. In, in reference to Trump and the administration, that was about the delivery of swabs that were needed in California because there was such a lack of swabs. 100,000 were promised, 90,000 were delivered, and that's what prompted the promise made, promise kept. So that extra 10, Ken, were supposed to come last week with a shipment of 250,000. I, I don't recall at all hearing that that 260,000 total swabs came last week, but maybe we'll get an update today. Well, look, all you have to do is just play over and over again Donald Trump saying anybody who wants a test will get a test. And, of course, that is not true. There are so many people screaming for a test and they're not getting it. Uh, the, 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 the claims being made in this is so regrettable, is often regrettable because it's become political as well. Why are demonstrators against the, the Democratic governors not wearing masks? Why are they carrying paramilitary rifles and swastikas and, 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 I mean, and Trump signs? Why is this happening? It is, this is uncharted waters and frightening as well. We will speak again in a few weeks. In the meantime, you take care, good health, and um, the peace and comfort of home, I guess, to you and your family for now, Ken. Thank you. And same to you and your family and all your listeners. You guys are on the front lines. Please be safe, everybody. Okay. Thank you so much, Ken. Take care. Bye-bye. Ken Rudin is the political junkie. He is joining us from Maryland. Up next, we're going to talk to Sacramento Mayor Daryl Steinberg on how and when city rules could be loosened or shifted, or we'll let the mayor fill in the word. You're listening to Insight on your NPR station, Cap Radio.